Welcome to another edition of Me Time, Me Therapy. I'm your moderator for this experience. And for all intents and purposes, you can call me Geo. Now go ahead and hashtag Me Time, M-E-T, to help bring attention to this arena. Bring energy to this atmosphere, for this is a platform for expression and an example of a positive outlet for mental health. So with that being said, let's work out our minds. Meet time, meet therapy is just an opportunity that I wanted to have to be able to express in a safe space. One that I want to be interactive and one that I can allow others that same opportunity that I have. Meet time, meet therapy will be broken down into four different parts. First being let's talk about it. Second being story time. Third being you don't want to miss this session. Fourth being the woke review. And for tonight's discussion, it will be... Let's talk about it. I want to dive in on accepting the truth. Pale people puzzled by our possibilities and prowess. With the, I won't say a focus, but with a talking point on uh, the Tulsa race riots, race massacre, um, and the Reconstruction era. Uh, with yesterday being Memorial Day, um, the anniversary of the Tulsa race riots. All that energy was prevalent today, and I didn't necessarily want to, you know, be cliche and talk about that. But that energy did make me want to talk about something. So I figured since some was introduced to something new today, um, I wanted to carry on that that battle. And I wanted to... uh, continue to bring forth some new information. And with that, you know, we'll be able to do with it what we need to, and we can go from there. But today we are going to discuss and talk about um, various communities and pockets of melanated people, how they were prosperous, their achievements during the time period of the 1900s to the 1930s. That is technically called um, the golden age, right? Um, when I spoke of the reconstruction age, that is basically taking you right up into, um, what we're talking about today. That's the moment of the emancipation up until the 1900s. So first thing that I wanted to talk about um, what I wanted us to to look at was the U.S. was coming off of a, a, a world war if we're going with Tulsa right I believe that ended in like 14 or ended in 18 or something I had it written down but it was just ironic to me that you went from still fighting here like I said, the emancipation just happened to then fighting abroad 
to then coming back and still fighting. Like I just thought that that was telling. Constantly at war. You know what I mean? That's just like somebody constantly being negative. You feel me? You know what the output's going to be. Right? But then there's another thought um, that I had that pertained to that. Um, because I remember this clip that I seen. You can Google it. Um, it's just a young man. It says, young man interview. Um, I'll get it for you guys later. My bad. I'm drawing a blank. But anyway, he's just talking about his his feelings um, regarding what he's saying. And basically what he's saying is they fear us being on a level playing field where we have equal chances, where we have the same opportunities. Um, you fear that I will outwork you. You feel that I will show you up. You fear that I will outperform you. And so with that fear, then you will be able you'll because of that fear, excuse me, you'll create certain laws or rules or, you know what I'm saying, procedures that will prevent me from being able to readily do the things that you know that I can do, whether that's unions or, you know what I'm saying, preventing workers from getting work or, which is funny, in 1915, um, it was a federal case, again, versus the United States that basically was saying that you can't deny melanated people the opportunity to vote. So it isn't like the Tulsa shit just happened overnight. Right? This is six years prior. They had some something festering type shit. But even before the Tulsa massacre, it was the Red Summer, 1919. And even close to Tulsa, which is in Oklahoma, obviously. But um, Elaine, Arkansas, they had a massacre in 1919. So your neighboring state two years prior had something festering. So that's what I'm saying. It isn't like we were unaware of the things that were going on. Now, again, it wasn't as widespread, but there was publications, whether it be news, um, whether it be, I mean, newspapers, excuse me, um, whether it be over the radio, you know what I'm saying, telegrams, different things like that. We had ways of communicating. Um, so it wasn't like we was in the dark. But... I do want to kind of sort of backtrack a little bit if I, I had to bring the the misery or I had to bring the bad news and I have to come forth and bring the, um, the good news. <laughs> so I want to back up to the beginning of the century, um, and we're talking the 1900s, and I want to speak about the National Negro Business League, right, which was founded... Um, by several great melanated people, one of them being Booker T. Washington. And the whole point of this league, um, it was comprised of business owners, doctors, lawyers, farmers, excuse me, farmers, craftsmen, bankers, 
other professionals. Um, their goal was to put business at the economic development and the forefront of us getting equality. Right. And Booker T felt that it was twofold that not only will it be helping us, but it will also build an economic network. And then that will allow that network will be the catalyst for change and social improvement. I feel that's quite interesting that by us doing what we need to do, then we will have the power to be able to operate. More or less that they understood strength in numbers. They were trying to operate as a nation, as a united group of people. Not just individuals. Right? And through the NNBL, they also created the NNBS, which is the National Negro Business Service. And that was to help businesses with merchant, uh, merchandising and advertising problems. Right. And one of the ways they did that was through um, the melanated media, whether it be newspapers or other publications, written publications, they would promote these businesses. Right. Again, it's twofold. If I have a service, I'm going to promote your service. And in turn, you know what I'm saying? You get in that service, I'm going to give you a discount or some type of kickback. You know what I'm saying? Profits, proceeds. Um. So, again, I felt that that was very interesting. This is 35 years after, quote unquote, being free. You know what I mean? They were already fully operating this way. Like I said, this is the golden age. This is when they classify us as really striving, really making it. During the Reconstruction Age, that's what was us figuring shit out. Right? But Booker T, one of the, the founding members of the NNBL, um, most famous for his book, you know, Up From Slavery, um, and also being the principal of uh, Tuskegee Institute or Tuskegee Normal School for Indians um, and colored folk. I wouldn't say he was like the founder because it was two other people that went into um, that. He was just asked to be the principal and to run it. But one of the things that Booker T did while he was in there was um, he ended up hiring Ralph Waldo Tyler, um, a journalist who ended up being the national organizer. Right. And his job title and description in 1913 was to travel the South find black businesses and encourage them to join the NNBL. Right. And I know some probably saying like, why we got to join this, this group again, because we understand it is strength in numbers. Now we have power. You know what I mean? Um, real quick, just to talk about the power. I forgot where it was. It was somewhere. Um, before the hiring of Tyler that they felt they was getting mistreated in, in a certain part of town. So because the league members in that town, because of that chapter, they did a boycott, much like the Montgomery. But obviously this is prior, so you know what I mean? 
but it was able to get the result that they were seeking. And that was because they had strength in numbers. Right. But a little bit about uh, Ralph Waldo Tar Tyler, excuse me. Um, he was an editor for the Afro-American, which was a weekly newspaper in Baltimore. Um, he founded a newspaper called the Free American. Um, in the 1818, excuse me, <laughs> not the 1818s, in the 1880s, um, he was a journalist uh, in the Midwest with the sole purpose of having dialogues with melanated people and, and talking to them about how they're coping with the Jim Crow laws. You know what I mean? Um, I, I, I felt that was interesting. Um, and then he also um, was the, the auditor or the author um, for the United States Navy from 1907 to 1913. So, I mean, that was kind of sort of pretty illustrious, you know what I mean? Also, during that time and around um, or an offshoot or because of the NNBL, we have the NNBA, um, National Negro Banker Association. Uh, one of his founding members was William Pettiford. Um, he founded the Alabama Penny Savings Bank in, in excuse me, 1890. And it played its role in the economic development in Alabama and in the South for 25 years. It was also what we would consider a community leader or community activist. In 1910, you got the National Urban League with its sole purpose of helping us find jobs and housing. Um, so I'm, I'm just saying, like, you got to think of all these things being done. You know, we in the we up to nineteen thirteen. We got somebody being the author for the U.S. Navy in nineteen ten. We got the Urban League talking about housing and jobs. Before that, we get in the Bankers Association, business leagues. You got Carter G. Woodson cooking up books, publications, and knowledge, and bringing forth things like that. So, I mean, I I, I feel we were in in great times, great spirits. And this is where it gets to the fear of our possibility of the things that we can accomplish. Again, we're in we'll move it up to to 1920. But again, you now 55 years removed from quote unquote slavery and look what we're creating. After being held down and you know what I mean? Like that has to make people feel a certain type of way. Like the resilience. Like I keep telling you no and then you fight back. So this is why we get to 1920. And that's the Negro National Baseball League. So that's another NNBL. So We're going to switch the Negro and the National around. Right? Created by Andre Bishop and some other people. But that was also in response to... Niggas not being able to get into the major leagues. Right? So I, I, I figured that was very interesting. During that same year, you got the, the Universal Negro Improvement Association by Marcus Garvey. And that actually happened 
months before Tulsa. Right? A little bit after. Well, not little. Well, yeah. A little bit after. January 3rd. We got the largest black-owned bank in the U.S. Melanated, excuse me. In Chicago. Being a state bank. Right? Later on in that year, we got the first melanated record company. Black Swan Phonography Corporation. And then in June, a melanated woman receives her doctorate. Georgiana Simpson. So like, look, look at how we was building up. We had Red Summer going on while we was accomplishing great things. And after Red Summer, we still accomplished great things. Accomplishing more great things. And then boom, get hit with the with the riot, with the massacre. And then still continue to produce great things. That's what makes me feel like it was the fear of our possibilities. Again, I don't want to see you on level footing because I've held you down for this many years. And as Maya say, still I rise. Mm. But I always am conflicted um, with my energy when it comes to these anniversary of, you know what I'm saying, quote unquote, black culture or you know what I'm saying? Events that happened while we were here on this landmass under the name of the United States. You know, part of me feels anger and anguish. You know what I'm saying? That we got to continue to revisit these events like this shit is trauma. PTSD for real. If you can go to war and the things that you subject to seeing over there can constitute you being able to receive that title, that treatment. If you compare that environment, those circumstances and those conditions are the same thing that we've witnessed for a longer period of time. You feel me? So I don't like that fact. And then I also don't like the fact that it's a lot of us that don't know this. And I'm saying that it just happened not so long ago. And I'm not saying that as a sense of arrogance or anything like that. I'm saying it like, damn, they really did, you know, invade the cities, murder, capture everybody, burn all the artifacts. So, yes, a lot of us don't know because where are we going to get the information from if they control it? So I'm not mad at my people. I'm not mad at my brothers when I'm saying like, how do y'all, how come y'all don't know this? It's more so like, I'm frustrated at the fact that we don't have access to that information or readily access to that information. And in the good book, what does it say? My people perish. What? You know what I'm saying? For the lack of knowledge. For the things that they don't know. Case in point here. But then I have to remember that, you know, if there are people out there that don't know, then it is our responsibility 
to each one, reach one, teach one. So that forces me to be more intentional with my actions. And it leads me here to this place where we can discuss and share and attempt to continue to push and further the knowledge and spread the information to our people. And I'm praying that this information is not delivered with hate, but rather with understanding of the events and with feelings removed. Remember, change can occur once comprehension comes. I just want to close out with this message that I want to emphasize the importance of you, your ability, your power. You have the ability to generate something, operate that same thing and even displace it. You have to remember that our words have value. Our words have power. And what we say shall come forth. So speak easy to yourself. And remember, whatever you believe can come true. I want to thank you for your time, your energy at this moment. Hope this information reaches you well, receives you well, and the perceptions you form generate thinking. Sending positivity, love, and light your way. I'll share.